This afternoon, we're going to offer a sequence of contemplations that will provide a gateway for us into where these perceptual processes, the constructing mind, comes into the realities of our lives in some difficult ways. And it's our intention to offer the practice in such a way that we can bring mindfulness, uh, clear seeing, directly into intimate relations with the, not only the constructing process, but the lived experience of ignorance and pain. So on the one hand, we could, by being in such close relationship with this, the mind, the heart, the emotions can fall in and fuse with our proliferations and our pain and lose the perspective of the knowing of the mindfulness and so on. And we can have conversations that may be difficult productive or not productive, meaningful or not meaningful, but without the uh, integration of wisdom that comes from both traditional sources, but especially from our hearts that have been meditating in the ways we have, and the wisdom that can come when there is clear seeing while all of this is unfolding. So the falling in effectively arrests that process. On the other hand, there's the risk of staying in a kind of spiritual safety, a cocoon, where the actualities of difficulty and pain are bypassed by way of, oh, it's all constructed, who cares? Like there's not real pain there or not me or something like that. And we don't see the kind of a gash of separation that that creates and the continuation of the basic circumstances of suffering for ourselves and others. But if we can commit ourselves as a community, as individuals, as each individual dyad, to coming again and again to the best of our ability, to that place of what I call adjacency, where the mindfulness and the whole constructing process 
are really both known next to each other, adjacent to each other. It's a delicate place. It's not an easy place to, to surf. If you're a very skilled meditator, sometimes skilled meditator can almost be defined as one who knows how to sort of get around that stuff, like almost bypass it because you're so good at samadhi or something like that. And some of us who have a lot of training, let's say, in being really compassionate listeners and all this kind of thing, can fall into the content making. Both have a tremendous amount of skill in them. Both have tremendous value. We're looking for a certain value that's at this intersection that we've been preparing for in this retreat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it making sense? Good, that's, a, that's an honest answer, partially. Experience is going to make the difference. And so the one thing that maybe I really hope isn't partially understood but really felt is a sense of that there's value there and that each of us are perhaps willing to commit to giving our best to uh, bringing our practice to this place where we continually interrupt the fabricating with knowing and we also don't back so far away in the knowing that we um, uh, deny the lived reality, the human, shared human experience of being profoundly affected by the blindness that the uh, perception on the proliferation and the fabrication make, the separation, the sorrow, the injustice. So it's our intention to look at the intrapersonal, the interpersonal, the systemic, and also to at least touch on and recognize the call inherent in this inquiry for action, that there's a, a place that, that, that uh, it's like a, once you see the whole situation, to not act is to act. And it doesn't say what action means. It doesn't mean that there are certain kinds of non-action that are very skillful. There's no answers to be given here. We're all invited into the challenge, into the questions. So when we move into our groups of two, the first thing that I'll be inviting you to consider, whether or not it's a spoken contemplation, but certainly almost like an agreement with your partner, is a, an agreement to uh, support each other in sustaining the meditative qualities as we get near the heat of the fabricating heart. 
and to do so, of course, with kindness, patience, and care. Dao said he would like to do the practice with somebody who actually understands what I just said. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important statement he's making and who agrees, who wants to do it, right? And I've, I've been wrestling in my own heart with that because I do not assume that everybody wants to do this and I yet don't feel there's integrity in therefore not going forward just because I don't know how to answer that problem. Mary doesn't know how to answer that problem. Yes, Barbie Daniel. Can you say it again? Yes, in a nutshell. We've been developing mindfulness and a steadiness in our practice. We've been applying that to see how the mind perceives the world, perceives other people. And we've begun to see how the mind gets going in that and can fall into the rush of its own thoughts and emotions. With mindfulness, we can pause and step out of that stream of our own thoughts and emotions enough to see it, perhaps. And that brings us to this place of knowing them, but not having, not being, not being far away from them, but also not being fallen in and identified with all of our thoughts. Or, or holding, or clinging to them, as Mary just adds. When we consider something like race, we're coming right to the point of being able to see that, to see how this is something we fall into and create a lot of distance, separation, injustice, sorrow, pain. And in that pausing as we see that can be the knowing right next to the actual pain of that experience, how we 
project that onto others and so on. So we have the perspective of meditation that's not fallen in, but now we have a danger. The danger is that we hold ourselves back in this kind of pristine awareness or something like that, that distances and doesn't acknowledge the lived experience of the pain. Can we, can we live at that edge together and investigate how this is happening, this perceiving, constructing, the pain, the sorrow, the injustice, the confusion, the ignorance is living in us internally. My own sense of myself, intrapersonally, how in relationship these play out and systemically in our society and how I participate in that or don't. Was that clearer? I, I would love to have made it shorter, but... That was beautiful. I understood it the first time. Okay. I wanted to hear it again in a different way. Okay. To see where it would fit and just how... Okay. I couldn't hear it. She understood it the first time. She felt that that was beautiful. Hearing it a second time, maybe a different way, maybe could also be helpful. I don't know if it was. It, prov- it certainly provided clarity. Okay. It was helpful. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Thank you. I'd like to enter that conversation with Dell. I think I could go to the edge with him. (laughs) 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 I'd like to go to the edge with somebody, and I agree with Dell. I don't really want to have a conversation that's all around the edges and nobody really wants to get hurt. And I think Dal, what he's speaking to is I want to go to this edge and I want to go there too, instead of just always being nice. I want to be honest and I want to speak the truth and I want someone that's going to speak the truth back to me. And so. I want to go to the edge too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I, I'm wondering, uh, for those of us who feel very vulnerable yeah. uh, at this point where we are at the retreat now, yes, uh, I, I just feel a fear because I, I feel uh, vulnerable because of some experience I had yesterday. I yeah. feel very open. Yeah, yeah. Do you recommend this? Yeah, so hence the other part of my talk. I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> Kari was saying that she feels vulnerable and perhaps because in her case a certain experience, let's say yesterday, but also because of what I'm about to say, in a sense we're all vulnerable. So what are we going to do about that? So the second part of what I was going to say comes now.
um, when we meditate in uh, individual meditation or relational meditation, the mind, the heart, the body begins to calm down, get quieter. At the same time, we're getting uh, a steadier attention, so the mind is getting brighter. So we actually literally perceive more because there's less noise in the way of things. And we're also more sensitive because uh, uh, the filters have lost some of their grip. So all of us from our practice can be more, get more sensitive, more easily affected, more deeply affected. There is the hope that at the same time we are developing a perspective on our own experience, uh, not just a perspective, let's call it a, uh, an ability or a, a facility with meditating that lets us see the onset and the buildup of thoughts and emotions that arise in reaction to the world. And in that perspective, that sort of refuge in awareness would be a Buddhist kind of language. There's a, 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 an ability to know from the standpoint of the mindfulness, uh, not to just know, but to, that it interrupts the cascade of that, of hurt and confusion. It's also a hope, I can't state it as fact, that we have developed greater safety through a certain amount of practicing together of loving kindness and so on. However, it remains the case that we are a community of human beings with various degrees of sensitivity and care. So another protection of sorts is our sila, our ethics. Do each of us and every one of us commit to speaking with as much kindness and care as possible? I certainly cannot guarantee that everybody's committed to that. Nobody can guarantee that. But we have been trying to build a community that is rested on that foundation of safety that is what ethics is about. And then finally, there's that piece of self-care where can I ask for the pause when I need it? Can I speak uh, the truth even if it means I even if it says, I feel threatened, or I feel unheard, or I feel safe. Unsafe, I'm sorry. 
and that's not always easy to do. So, beyond that, perhaps there are others more skillful than I who could say what else is available as a resource here, but those are the resources I'm aware of. And I, I, there's no way that I can say that that is sufficient for any particular person. So I would certainly seek your advice and, uh, in honesty about what, um, about going forward. That nothing, nothing is forced or assumed we've been developing what I hope is a useful, effective meditation practice exactly for meeting these actions of the mind. Oh, Uli. You might also say that you are both here to help. Ah, thank you, Uli. Yes, we're here to help. That's smart. (laughs) Maybe I'm not smart enough to provide any help. Who knows? Uh, Can we make an agreement that if a pause is called, it's honored? Oh, uh, yes, I feel that that, yeah. uh, I assume that it's not a good assumption. Verbalizing it is really great. Thank you. What was that? Did everybody hear it? If a pause is called, like you're with your partner and you request a pause, that that will be honored. And just a hand signal? Just like this? A hand signal? Mm-hmm. And we can say it, but if the other person's talking. I don't see the And I want to also, if I, if I might add, Tuary has a certain um, experience and a fierceness that comes f- from that experience. And I think it's a beautiful model, but it may not be your model, and that's okay too. In other words, your approach to this might be gentler or who knows, we don't know. Is it, is what you're saying true? Is it beneficial? Can it be heard? Useful is also sometimes used. Is it true and useful? And if it's not, just don't say it no matter what. And is it timely, spoken with a mind of loving kindness? Not so easy to do. Maybe we should all be quiet much more. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just add 
what you said about this fierceness. I, um, it's not that I want to be fierce with anyone in this room. No, no, no. What I want to do is to stop not saying yes. what I want to say. Just to be able to sit across from someone and say what shows up there without the sense that, oh, I, I better not say that. Right. Because I might say something wrong. Mm. Or to be more bluntly, I don't want to sit across from someone white who is too afraid to say the wrong thing to someone black so we don't really have a conversation. Right. And I just am hoping that we have reached a point where we trust all of us enough that I could hear something that comes from you and not take it personal. And you could hear something that comes from me and not take it personal. But that you could hear it and that I could say it in a space that we all agree is well protected. Totally. That's what I'm hoping we could just finally say some things yeah. that we're too embarrassed to tell our, even ourselves. That's what I'm calling fierce, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and I th go ahead, Barbara Daniel. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Did everybody hear her? I think that we'll, rather than try to repeat all that, I think we should move in towards our practice. Are we okay with that? Thank you very much, all of you. Um, and so of course, as we go forward, uh, we are here and you can call on us anytime. So maybe stand up and begin to walk around the room. Then you can loosen your legs and I'll, we'll ring a bell in a moment. Any old time you want to find a partner is good. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.